The fourth reading is from Matthew 1, verse 18 to 25. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in the dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Thank you, Taiwo. And can I uh, add my warm welcome to uh, Trisha's? It's wonderful to see you all here this lunchtime. I wonder if you saw that the Collins Dictionary Word of the Year for 2022 is permacrisis. Collins defines permacrisis as an extended period of instability and insecurity. Now, during the year, permacrisis came to describe the sense that many people have had of rolling relentlessly from one crisis to the next, be it the Ukraine crisis, the energy crisis, the climate crisis, the cost of living crisis, and now since the weekend, another England World Cup crisis. <laughs> and the Collins team commentary on the permacrisis of 2022 concluded by saying that we could be forgiven for just giving up all hope together and splooting. Now, splooting, by the way, was another word of 2022, which is, in, in case you didn't know, the act of lying flat on your stomach with your arms and your legs stretched out until the permacrisis has gone away. <laughs> well, I'm here with very good news for you this uh, lunchtime, and particularly for all you would-be splooters out there, Christmas points us to a profound hope that we can all possess regardless of the circumstances of life. And it's to be found in those two names given to the child who was born the first Christmas. They're there in verses 21 and 23 of Matthew's Gospel account that Tywa just read. Now names can be very revealing. So, I thought I'd look up the meaning of some of our party leaders' names to get us warmed up. And I discovered that the Celtic root of the name Kier means ancient fortification, 
which sends a strong signal of stability and security. Rishi, meanwhile, means sage or enlightened one, which is very encouraging given his intro this winter. Edward means wealthy guardian, which might encourage some potential Tory to Lib Dem swing voters. <laughs> Geoffrey means divine peace, perhaps boding well for an agreement on the Northern Ireland Protocol and a return for the Stormont government. <laughs> and finally, which may cause concern for uh, some unionists, the name Nicola means victory of the people. <laughs> now, names given to people in the Bible are always full of meaning. Let's look at this, this name, Emmanuel, first. Joseph is told by the angel that Mary will give birth to a son, a son prophesied 700 years before by the prophet Isaiah in that first reading we had today. And his name, the name of this child, would be Emmanuel, which means simply God with us. Now we're very used, I think, to thinking about religion uh, all about sort of humankind's search for God. However, Christianity in particular turns that completely on its head and actually it tells us that we don't have to go looking for God because God has already come to find us. The stunning claim that Matthew makes here on, is that on that first Christmas, the Creator came in person to meet us. And Matthew and the other Gospel writers then go to great lengths in their Gospels to give us evidence of that great claim. They describe Jesus saying and doing the things that only God could do. He, he says he's the resurrection and the life. He says he will be the judge of all humankind. He calls God his Father and says that he's equal with him. He accepts people's worship he heals the sick, he walks on water, he calms storms, he even raises the dead. Not to mention pulling off his own resurrection. And it's worth noticing that even his opponents didn't deny that he was doing miracles, but instead they claimed that he was doing them by evil powers. We must also stop and recognise that of all the religions in the world which would be most sceptical of a man claiming to be God, it was Judaism. Eastern religions already believed in a, in a God who was a force in all of nature, so a human being showing divine power would have been no great surprise. Similarly, in the Roman religions, the, go the, the gods were often coming down to earth and disguising themselves in human forms and getting up to mischief. But in Judaism, the central truth about God was that he was utterly distinct from his creation, and so holy that Jewish worshippers wouldn't even uh, mention his name. So the, the very idea of this God becoming a human being was utterly unthinkable. And yet, Jesus of Nazareth somehow managed to persuade his first Jewish followers that he wasn't just a teacher or a prophet come from God to help them find God, but that he was the holy and transcendent God himself come to find 
them. So what does this mean for us this Christmas? Well, first of all, I think it means a challenge. A challenge because if this Jesus Christ really is God with us, we can't just remain indifferent about him. He either is God, or he's a charlatan, or he's delusional. What we can't say is, Jesus is a really interesting figure. He gives me a lot to think about. We can't just say he's a good teacher. A good teacher wouldn't have claimed to be God. So who do you think he is? Second, if Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us, then we can also find lasting hope in this Emmanuel. The lasting hope of actually knowing the God who made us, because God has come in person to find us. Jesus' first Jewish followers were convinced that he was God because of the evidence of his life, his death, and his resurrection. And that evidence is recorded for us in the eyewitness historical gospel accounts. So this coming January, here in Parliament, we will run a three-session lunchtime course examining that evidence more closely. And please join us for that if you'd like to take the opportunity to examine that evidence more closely. And there are details on the back of your service sheets. Let's just consider the second uh, name now. The, the second name that gives us hope this Christmas, it's that name, Jesus. And in the Hebrew language, it means God saves. Joseph is told uh, by the angel that Mary will give birth to a son and they are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. At which point, many of us perhaps roll our eyes and say to ourselves, really? Do we really need saving from our sins? Isn't that all a bit 19th century Victorian religion? Can we... But, but actually, when we think about it, can we honestly look outward at the world at present and claim that we don't need saving? If we didn't need saving, then we wouldn't be lurching from one crisis to the next. And equally, can we, can we, can we honestly look inward at our own hearts without admitting the same? To coin a, another word of the year for 2022, we all tend towards self-centred goblin mode. And we can't help ourselves. It reminds me of the boy who wanted an Xbox for Christmas. In his bed at night, he prayed to God for an Xbox and promised God that he would be good for a whole month before Christmas. But the next day, he found his little sister so annoying that he couldn't resist thumping her. So, the next night, he renegotiated the terms of his deal. He promised God that he would be good for a whole week. But the very next day, he failed yet again. So, the next night, he tried a different tactic altogether. He tiptoed out of his bedroom, down the stairs, across the hall to the nativity scene, grabbed the figure of Mary, went quietly back upstairs, got into his bedroom, got back into his bed. And he changed his prayer, holding on to the the figure of Mary very tightly, he said, Jesus, if you ever want to see your mother again, <laughs> it's the Xbox for Christmas. <laughs> you see, Christianity isn't for good people. It's for bad people. 
It's for people who know they actually need saving from their sins. The sins that divide us from each other and the sins that divide us from the God who made us. But how does this baby born in Bethlehem actually save us? Well, as that great theologian, the football manager, Arsene Wenger, once observed, Christmas is important, but Easter is decisive. Because the baby born in the manger grows up to be the one who dies on a Roman cross. And all the, all the gospel accounts focus on his death, actually, that, that is the most important thing about him. And they explain that on that cross, Jesus Christ the Saviour swapped places with us. As he died, he took the penalty for our sins in our place. So the name Jesus reveals another profound hope that we can have this Christmas. In order to save us from the perma-crisis of broken relationships with each other, with our natural world, and with God himself, God didn't form a committee or launch an inquiry. He didn't send us advice or a helpful self-help guide about how to get better. God actually came in person to do what we can't do ourselves. He lived the life that we should have lived, and he died the death that we should have died. As our late Queen reflected in her Christmas Day address a few years ago, God sent into the world a unique person, neither a philosopher nor a general, important though they are, but a saviour with the power to forgive. And so the two names of Jesus offer us a hope that will transform and outlast any perm crisis. Emmanuel, God with us, he reveals God to us. Jesus, God saves, he restores us to God. The last verse of O Little Town of Bethlehem that we've just sung is a prayer, actually, which invites this Emmanuel to be our saviour. So why don't we just have a moment of quiet and then I will pray uh, the prayer for us. And do echo it in your own heart if you would like to as I pray. O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in be born in us today. We hear the Christmas angels, the great glad tidings tell. O oh, come to us, abide with us, our Lord Emmanuel. Amen.